Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, friends. Welcome back to season four of Good Question. We have a great conversation in store for you today. But before we jump into that, I just want to remind you that this season we are available in multiple formats. We are on both audio and video. You can find us on all of your regular Apple and Android podcasting apps and also now on YouTube. We'd love for you to like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review. And we're always grateful to anyone who shares the show with their friends. Today, we're talking about minimalism and increasing our capacity by decreasing our stuff with pastor's wife, working mom, blogger, and fellow YouTuber, Shelly Kuhn. Shelly's work at the Goodness Margin has blessed families all over the world, and I'm so pleased to have her on the show. So let's go. Here's my conversation with Shelly Kuhn. Shelly Kuhn, welcome to Good Question. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really, really, really jazzed about this conversation today. Um, You're somebody that I've followed on your blog and your Instagram for quite a while, and I love everything you put out. And so I'm really, really thrilled to get to chat with you today. Go ahead and just introduce yourself for anybody who might not know who you are. Well, thank you for following along. Um, my <laughs> name is Shelly, and I live in on the north side of Atlanta. I have been married now for almost 20 years. My husband and I started dating in college, so I've realized like we've been together longer than I was single. So I kind mm. of can't really remember, you know, our, <laughs> my life before. But um, we have two kids. I have a 16-year-old son and a six-year-old daughter. Wow. And that space can kind of... Um, makes sense when you know that we evangelized for five years and then we were on deputation for two years, which was raising funds through the Metro Missions Program through North American Missions to start our church here in Atlanta. We started our church in March of 2015. And so that's that's where we're at. The church is growing. It's It's an exciting time. Yay. Yes, that is a big age gap. I have a little bit of an age gap with my girls. They're four and a half years apart, but nothing like a 10-year gap. (laughs) Yeah, people ask me if they still fight, and they do, but then they also can sometimes get along. So I think any any sibling gap is, you know, it's all perfect. (laughs) Yep, that's fun. Well, we are talking this season about practical tips. For Christian living. So the way I'm kind of envisioning this is things that are almost so simple that we overlook them, or we think they're not that important, um, but that really do have a big impact on our walk with God and our impact for the kingdom. 
And I really wanted to talk to you about minimalism and organization, which seems like, how is this a spiritual topic? But I know that it is. And so I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, you do lots of videos and lots of um, challenges for people to help them walk step by step through ways to get more organized and to take control of their stuff. So tell me a little bit about why you're passionate about that. What's, what about that is um, exciting to you and and why do you spend your time that way? Are you a naturally organized person or is this something you've had to learn yourself? Well, my personality is definitely one that loves order. I crave things to be a certain way. I, I like things to be a certain way. But I think that, well, I know that we can overcomplicate organization. <clears throat> Maybe you've seen some of those videos or blog posts or things on Pinterest, and they have these systems that are so complicated. Mm -hmm. And so we had one child for a long time, and it was pretty easy to keep things. He's a very neat like his personality is similar to mine as it is. So he's very neat. And I had these sort of complicated systems to keep things organized. Mm. And then our life really started changing, expanding as the church was growing. I had a second baby. Um, I started working a job, like all of these things happened. And I realized that being organized is not really enough because sometimes you can create this very organized system that's very complicated and it really takes more time. Hmm. Simplifying our life is really where it's at. And so uh, backing up several years ago, I had a toddler. Um, the church was growing. It seemed like good things were happening, but my anxiety level was uh. at a place that, and I had not really, not I didn't even use the word anxiety. I, I think that I realized that was what was happening by talking to other people or listening to their story and being mm. sitting there thinking, oh my word, that's me. Like mm. I experienced these things. And of course, internalizing that and not telling anyone else and thinking, oh, I'm, you know, I can fix this myself. And so I realized something had to change and I needed to simplify my life. And as I began to simplify things, not just with my stuff, but with my schedule and with the things that I prioritized, I saw a massive difference. And when I started the journey of minimalism with my stuff, at that point, I was talking to some of my friends about it. And they were like, hey, you should do something on Facebook. And so I started a little Facebook group. And I didn't know that people invited people to it. And I went to Because of the Times and they were like, hey, we're on your group. I was like, oh, okay. And so people were interested. Mm -hmm. And it always been a dream to have a blog. And so then moving on to Mark or February of 2020, I started a blog. My husband wanted me to do a YouTube channel as well. And so that's all him. And Instagram, little did I know that in March of 2020, we would all be home and uh -huh. we'd be home with our stuff. Uh -huh. And so all of a sudden people are like, hey, let's talk about getting rid of our stuff because we realize how much we have and we're here for 24 hours rather than just, you know, for dinner and to go to bed. Yeah. And so I know that these routines and minimizing my life has made such an impact for me that I'm very passionate about sharing it with anyone, but especially women that we have so much going on. Mm. And it's sort of like we we wear busyness as this badge of honor. Like I am so busy, so I'm so important because I'm about to burn <laughs> out, mm. which is not biblical at all. Mm. And I'm actually in the process of really working on finding what 
rest really means because I, mm-hmm. I, I'm and and it's still a process for me. So that's the thing. I'm kind of taking everybody along yeah. with this journey that I I'm on myself. Well, I think those are the best the best ways and the most engaging for people because um, it's really hard to look to somebody that you feel like they already have it all together and think I could ever attain. You know what I'm saying? For someone whose house is so overwhelming, for mm-hmm. example, to look at some of these very complicated systems and you just think like, there's no way. I, yeah. I, there's no way I could ever get from here to there I, unless I had <laughs> another pandemic where I was stuck in my house. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and even then all my pam- all my family would be there. And so it would be impossible, you know. Um, but to follow along with someone who's saying, okay, I'm, I'm trying this out too. And... I'll let you know how it goes yeah. and to say like this worked and you know, this really didn't work for me. And mm-hmm. um, it's really encouraging. And it's also just encouraging to, to say like, if you're feeling overwhelmed and, and anxious, um, that that's a real thing. And like your stuff really does contribute to that. I know that whenever um, we did some traveling in the last couple of years, um, and we stayed in several Airbnbs. And when we would stay in an Airbnb, I would just feel this like sense of relief because they're the ones we had stayed in were like nicely decorated, but they leave you lots of open space because they know people are coming in and out. And so I would just sit down in there and it would take five minutes to pick everything up and put it away. And then like, oh, it's so calm in here. <laughs> and then go back yeah. to our house where you feel like things are falling on your head, you know, because we just had too much stuff crammed in a tiny house. Um, it makes a huge difference in mm-hmm. how you feel. It does. And in fact, there are so many studies that they've mm. used science to show. And if you, um, that clutter really affects our mental health. Mm-hmm. And if you really think about it, I know for myself, I can be in situations where I feel like there's just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. that I feel overwhelmed by that. Um, and maybe that's not everyone, but according to so many research studies, most of us are affected by clutter. Yeah. Yeah. In a negative way. Yeah. I mean, I know that I definitely am. I definitely am. So you've mentioned the word minimalism and that you've been on a journey towards minimalism. I know that I know what I think of whenever I hear that word, and I've um, learned more about it than what I would have originally uh, thought that it was. Um, but what is it? What does it mean? And what are some things that people assume that it means that maybe it doesn't mean? Well, I've Googled it many, many times, um, and it means different things to a lot of different people. It minimalism is a decorating style. Like if you Mm. look it up, you'll find a lot of like really, really plain and simple things. Well, I like things to be simple, but I also really want them to be pretty. And I Mm -hmm. do like some extra decorations that are going to add to my space. I don't want it to be just like white Ikea furniture. Mm -hmm. And so that's lots of times what people think of. But to me, minimalism means being intentional. It's an intentional lifestyle of focusing on what should be in my life because this is what is important. So getting rid of this stuff that doesn't matter. Um, When I first started the the great purge, Mm -hmm. I pulled everything out of my kitchen cabinets. And I realized I had like all of these glass platters. We'd probably receive them as wedding gifts. The boxes were sort of tattered, even though I'd never used them because I had moved with them like... (laughs) 
14 times probably. I mean, for real. (laughs) And I realized like, why do I have these platters? Like there's so many things that we have in our house that why are they here? Yeah. And it can be very overwhelming to think, how am I going to get rid of all of this stuff that I have? But once we start doing it, you just realize the freedom that is there. And it's not just with our stuff. It's being an intentional about really everything in our life, our time, um, our relationships, focusing on not just getting the what stuff we're getting rid of, but why are we keeping this and why is this in my life? Why am I keeping this in my life? Mm. And many times it's easier to start with focusing on your stuff. Yeah. Opening your bathroom cabinet and do you need 14 bottles of Bath and Body Works lotion that some of them may be 10 years old, mm-hmm. you know? Like just really taking a look at the stuff that's there. Yeah. So I'll tell you one of the challenges I have whenever it comes to this. I have a very hard time with just throwing things away. Even things that are clearly trash. <laughs> like I want it to be, I want to get it cleared out. I don't want it in my house anymore. But also someone could use this. Mm-hmm. Someone could, you know, I could sell it or I could give it to somebody who could who, you know, for them, this might be something they can't afford and they would really like to have it. And so I can get overwhelmed at the point of, okay, I've pulled it out of my things, but now it's just sitting here in my house Mm -hmm. somewhere until I figure out what to do with it. So do you have like a go-to strategy for when you're getting rid of things? Like how do you get them out? Yes, get them out quickly. And it's a muscle. And the more we the more we flex that muscle, the easier it is. But what you've described is so, so common. Um, when I grew up, my the first, well, until I went to college, the majority, I think we were five when we moved there. We lived in a single wide trailer. It was like 900 square feet behind the church that my dad pastored. And so that's tiny. And there were four mm-hmm. of us. And it was tidy, like all the time. And looking back, I'm like, my mom, she was like the original minimalist. There's no (laughs) way that that stayed tidy without her being intentional about getting rid of stuff. Mm. And we were constantly cleaning things out and things like that. And so that was my childhood. But the more that I talk to people who share their stories with me about the things that they struggle getting rid of, um, I had a friend that struggled with getting rid of her child's clothing, even though she wasn't going to have any more kids. Well, she had really struggled with infertility. Mm-hmm. And so getting rid of these clothes of this miracle from God was a big deal. My grandmother was raised during the Great Depression. And when we moved them out of their house, every, I mean, it, thank God their house never caught on fire because <laughs> in their attic was every um, wrapping paper from Christmas folded up. Like it was there from years and years and years and years. There was so much stuff. And so many times it's like taking a a deeper look of why am I hanging on to this? Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a point in your life where you couldn't afford to buy that particular item. And so now the thought of throwing it away seems so, so wasteful. Mm-hmm. So we have to stop and realize, first of all, I've already made this purchase. And if it was a mistake, I made the mistake. And... I think of it this way, what advice would you give your child? If your child had made a mistake, would you say, I'm going to keep punishing you for this mistake over and over again. You must keep these things. Mm. Or, you know what, let's learn from this mistake. Let's move on. And that's the truth that the more we, I I donated clothing that had the tags hanging on it. Mm. 
And that seems so wasteful. But the more I did that, the more intentional I was when I was standing at the clearance rack at TJ mm-hmm. Maxx and the sweater was $5, but I really took a good look at it. Okay, is this going to be another one of those things? And yeah. so it's just looking at those things. So kind of realizing why am I holding on to this stuff? But once you get it all together, get it out as quickly as possible. Um, go immediately to your closest donation place. We have a place that uh, will come by once a month and pick things up from my front door. Mm. So in the bottom of our upstairs closet, we have a little bag that I'll keep and everybody throws in the stuff that they, and I kind of have to look through it because sometimes my kids will be like, I'm just going <laughs> to you know, throw this in here because it's become a lifestyle for mm-hmm. us. Um, if you want to sell things, absolutely sell some things. But I caution you if you're getting rid of a lot of things and you're trying to sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace for like 5 and $10, you're probably going to be there a while and frustrate yourself. Mm-hmm. And so especially when I got rid of the first big purge and all the things, I took some photos and sent them to some people. I knew a lady who had started a catering business. I'm like, I got platters for days. And she came <laughs> She came and picked them all up. And so just exercising that muscle, talking to yourself kindly of, yes, I made this mistake. Yes, I bought this thing. I never used it. I wanted to, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to make this mistake again and letting it go. Yeah. I love all of that advice. I, um, it was very nice. The last house that we lived in, uh, was actually my grandmother's house, had been my grandmother's house and, um, similar situation stuff just everywhere. Um, but we downsized to move into that house and we did not downsize enough. So we had more stuff than we really could, um, fit in the house. And over the course of time, we got rid of things. And then whenever we were preparing to move, um, overseas, then of course we had, like, we had no choice. There's, it's either pay to store all of this junk or get rid of it. And it was so nice to find, to remember that not far down the road from the house was a Goodwill drop-off and you could pull in and they would come out and get it out of the back of your Mm -hmm. car. And that was like one of the best discoveries that I made was that we could load up the car and go right now. They'll come and take it out and I can just drive away. And it really did help a lot to help me be like, okay, I know whenever I get rid of stuff, this is where I'm taking it. And I know what they will take and what they won't take because there's certain things they wouldn't accept. And if they wouldn't accept it, then you know, yeah. <laughs> take it to the dump or, you know, things that even still would just make me go, oh, but it was like, okay, I, I can't, I can't take care of all this, these yeah. things. And, the, and they're just things. The other thing that really helped me when you're talking about like kids clothes, I was, um, I didn't have an, an infertility experience, but I did struggle so much with getting rid of my kids clothes. And so, um, just having another person there. I had my sister come multiple times whenever I was going through clothes, but then right as we were packing to move, like, okay, what will I actually need? What will actually fit? What's, you know, in these Mm -hmm. hand-me-downs that we've held onto and things people have given us, like, would I actually buy this? Probably not. Just because somebody gave it to me doesn't mean I have to keep it, you know, and just someone to talk me through it. Um, was really helpful because I, you can get in the moment and the decision fatigue and the overwhelm of it and just be like, ah, and cram it all back in the closet <laughs> and <Absolutely>. go walk away. <laughs> my sister has been the one that's been with me multiple times in my closet. And, you know, we'll try things on and we kind of laugh about it because sometimes I mean, she's brutally honest, you know, like, uh, <laughs> no, that is not going to work. And then there are things that 
I'm like, I like this. And she's like, no, it actually looks really good. You know, you should keep this. But I agree with you. Having someone that's there with you that can kind of help you because it can be such a tedious process mm-hmm. and pulling everything out. And then you make a huge mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to make a really big mess. You have to prepare for that. Yeah. But having someone walk you through that. And yes, I love that of thinking of, would I buy this again today? Mm. Like, do I want to wear this? Um, if I was packing for a trip, would I, would I put this on? Would I take it? Yeah. 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 Um, there's another person that I've followed talking about this kind of minimalism journey. And she was, I think, in a place where I've never been, which was almost like borderline hoarding, um, when she started trying to get rid of things. And she has some very simple decluttering principles, which one of them I think is hilarious, but she's like, if I needed this, would it ever occur to me that I already have it? (laughs) And if not, I'm, if not, I would just go buy another one. So I need to just get rid of it. And then one of her other ones is, um, if I was looking for this right now, where would I look? And if it's your fingernail clippers and you would immediately go look in your junk drawer, then they live in the junk drawer. (laughs) Like that's where they go, you know? And so it's just these very basic, like they don't really, they're not super fancy, but they're practical, like a place to start. And it's really helpful. It's really helpful to kind of zoom way down instead of Mm -hmm. these, like you said, these big, huge systems that can just be like, I can't even fathom how to start, how to start doing that. And that's the thing people look at Pinterest or Instagram and they say, well, I want my closet to look like this Mm -hmm. or I want this to look like that. Well, if things are coming out at you when you open it, you're probably going to need to get rid of like 50 to 75%. And once we narrow those things down, the system kind of creates itself. It's mm-hmm. so easy to stay organized when there's less stuff. It just mm-hmm. is. So yeah. you're really giving yourself a gift by getting yeah. rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, but you, so you've mentioned two things. You said it was, has been a journey, but also that you did a great purge. So tell me about the difference in those two aspects of how this has gone for you. So you mentioned the person who kind of had some hoarding tendencies. That never has been me. Like I really thought I was that person. In fact, um, kind of laugh about a story of uh, we used to have life group every week in our house, which was sort of our midweek. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ha- I walked in and some ladies were talking. And when I walked up, I realized they were talking about me. And they were like, well, we were just wondering, like, are you a minimalist? And Elsie was a baby, so this was probably like six years ago. And I was like, no, like, what even <laughs> is that? You know, that just didn't, like, mm-hmm. no. They're like, well, your, your counters are so clear. And so there were things in my life that were already, you know, pretty organized or tidy. But when I dug down in and realized what minimalism was, it was something about it just kind of grabs me that mm-hmm. I don't need all this extra stuff. I, I felt like I spent so much time picking up. Mm-hmm. Like I want things to be really clean. And so I was spending a lot of time keeping them that way or opening a closet and reorganizing the closet and then reorganizing the closet. And I mean, I spent a lot of time doing that. I today do not have the time to do that. Yeah, My life is very different, which is so interesting because I was so overwhelmed back then and not that to diminish my overwhelm, but what was on my plate is really so small compared to what's on my plate now. Yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of this realization of, all right, I, I want to get rid of some stuff. Like, I think this is going to really make a difference. And this was kind of a year into starting to be more intentional about my schedule and all of that. And when I started pulling things out and only putting a few things back in the cabinet that I was going to keep, 
it was just this freeing experience Mm -hmm. that I wanted more of. Yeah. And so it's a continuous thing. And you're talking about getting rid of your kids' clothes. I have gone through my son's baby clothes several times now. And I think I'm down to what I'm going to keep forever. But that's sentimental stuff. I mean, that's a that's a huge category for people that is so difficult. But you kind of come back to it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I've been flexing this muscle for a while. And now don't I'm like, okay, <laughs> don't, do not start there. Trust me. <laughs> I, was, I was a good bit into my journey before I went to that category. But, um, you know... It's okay if today this is a really hard thing for you to get rid of, don't get rid of it today. But maybe in six months, come back to it and be like, okay, let's, let's let this go. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get rid of it now. Yeah. 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 You don't like not forcing yourself to do something before you're ready to do it. Right. But also not letting it, like just forgetting about it forever. Like come back, revisit, try a different day. I also love, go I was just gonna say it's different for everyone. If you look online, there are like minimalism lists. Mm. You know, like you should have this much stuff in your kitchen. Well, maybe I don't need that thing, but I need something else. So mm-hmm. it's it's what works for you and your family. Yeah. That was gonna be my next question is is this a right the right approach for everyone? Are there people that can function at a higher capacity for stuff in their house? Um, probably. I'm, I'm sure there has to be. Everyone has their level of what they feel is is clean, right? Mm-hmm. Or what they feel is tidy. I guess clean is not the appropriate word for that. Um, but I've kind of, some people sent me some articles. I guess there's a thing out there now called a maximalist, yes. which is like how much stuff can I own? I'm like, wow, okay. I didn't even know this is a thing. <laughs> um, and so if you truly are honest with yourself and like you are happy and you don't feel stress or anxiety and your house is full of stuff and you can truly manage it without, you know, extra little visitors <laughs> living amongst <laughs> all those things, then absolutely. But for the majority of people that I have talked to, there is a desire to have less and to yeah. simplify their life and to really just have the things that that they need to have that mean a lot to them because that's less to take care of. Yeah. I mean, I'm there with you. I'm I'm on board. I remember when we first got married, my husband was in the military and I had been living on my own for um 10 years before we got married. And so we kind of combined households and then you get married and so you have all the wedding gifts and then we moved and so I just felt like our house was already like full of stuff. And we had some friends who she, she was probably the first person that I'd ever met that she told me that she was a minimalist. And I remember being able to go into her kitchen and like you said, like the counters were clear. And I remember thinking that was so strange to me. It looked so strange because we had, you know, so much stuff that just like lived on the counters. That's where, that's where it went. And so, um, it's just so interesting to me that over the course of the past 10 years, how much more I can think like, oh man, Ashley, I, I love that kitchen and I, <laughs> and I wish I could get my kitchen to look like that. And we're, we're working on it, but <laughs> I can, I understand now I understand better. And it, um, it's definitely a goal for me now, especially as we've moved, we've been, we've tried to be very intentional about what we brought with us. And now what we're bringing into the house, because like Mm -hmm. we we both, my husband and I have both discussed, like, 
we have a decision-making process now, or we have the opportunity now to make a decision about everything Mm -hmm. that comes in here, whether we want it or not. And I can feel myself, even knowing that I want things to be minimal, I can feel myself um, struggling with like, there's not enough stuff in here. It doesn't, and and right now we don't have all the furniture that we need. Like there really truly is not enough stuff, Mm -hmm. but there's a fine line between we need to get this to a place where it's like a home and it's comfortable and livable. And then it's real easy to cross over that line into like just buying things to fill it up Mm -hmm. and then being right back where we started. Yeah. So it's a lot. It is. And it doesn't have to look exactly like someone else's. It's so right. interesting, the the messages I'll get on Instagram. And one, one particular challenge I was, we're talking about the surfaces in your home and especially, you know, your kitchen counters. And there was so many messages about the fact that I don't keep a toaster mm-hmm. on my counter. Well, we actually do pull our toaster out probably every day. Mm-hmm. And I do put it back underneath. That's my decision. This mm-hmm. is my house. If you want all of your appliances to live on your counter, (laughs) then you have all of your appliances on your counter. You know, if that's the way that that you want your home to function. So everyone is different. There aren't really a set of rules. It's just about being really intentional about what you want. At this point, I have plenty of cabinet space, so I have enough room. Mm -hmm. Like I have one cabinet that just has my toaster and my crock pot in it. So it's really easy for me just to stick that back under there. But that's the house we live in. You may live in something that's very different and you have to have that on the counter. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine. So it doesn't have to look just like someone else's. Um, Do what works, like I said, what works for you. Well, and you get to make decisions about what you do and don't want to have. So like when we moved into my grandma's house, um, my husband loves to cook and we have a a lot of kitchen um, gadgets and things Mm -hmm. that he, he legitimately uses them. And so we had to find a home for all of that stuff. And so because the kitchen was so small and we have proportionately a lot more kitchen stuff, um, there were things we had to decide. And one of the things we decided was that we could live without a toaster (laughs) and that we would just toast bread on the stove if we wanted toast. And because a a toaster was going to take up valuable space that we wanted for other things. And I remember my mom was like, you're not going to have a toaster. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like the bread toasted on the stove. I like it better anyway. And it doesn't take that much longer. (laughs) And truly like in the past couple of years, there's only been a couple of times where we've been like, oh, it it would be faster if we had a toaster, but it's not a big, a huge deal. Right. Um, But it's just getting out of that, Mm -hmm. the mindset of what you've always done or what you think you're supposed to have or what other people think you should have. And then saying like, no, this is what we use. This is what we don't use. This is how I want to spend my time every day, you know? And Um, you had earlier asked, what are some like preconceived ideas people mm -hmm. have about minimalism? And it's so interesting to me, the things that people will say, and I'm like, hold on. So like we have, and this was like, several years into my journey into minimalism. For Christmas, we've really downsized what we do because my kids get toys from other places. They Mm -hmm. have plenty of toys. And so um, a couple of years ago, their big gift was a trip. And we had a blast as a family. And we've made that discussion together as a family. But I have had people, you know, they joke about things that they're truthful about Mm -hmm. as if I'm like really cheap. You know, because you're a minimalist and you don't choose to buy certain things, then you just don't want to spend your money Mm -hmm. on anything. So it's very interesting that 
with all of us, we get to be intentional about where we spend our money. Or another um, preconceived idea is that I can't have like a collection of things. Mm. Well, I don't know if on Instagram, you've seen a picture of the front room of our house, but we have like three very full bookshelves. Very full bookshelves. And most of them them are my husband's books and he does reference them on a very regular basis. And he does go through and purge them pretty often and give some of them away. I have a really large coffee mug collection from all of the years that we've traveled. And I love my coffee mug collection. I don't have four coffee mugs. Like you would imagine a minimalist might. I have... Like a lot. I don't know how many, but it's a whole, it's a whole lot. So we get to choose, like you yeah. were saying, if you want a toaster or you don't want a toaster. Mm-hmm. But it's being intentional. These are the things I want. I love having all of these coffee mugs. I may only yeah. have a few of something else, but you get to choose yeah. the things that you have. Now, talk a little bit about how this works. If you decide, okay, I, this is something I want to do, but I live in a house with other people and they might not be on board with me right mm-hmm. away. So how did you how did you navigate that with your family? Um, and how have you heard about other people having to navigate that with families, husbands, children? This is this is something that people ask me about often. And I do feel like I am very blessed in the sense that my husband, I'll ask his opinion about certain things with the house and he's like, oh sure. Like he totally trusts my opinion and he likes the way I decorate. And so he's let me choose these things. And as I decided to get rid of half of our furniture, he was like, okay, like, I don't care. He came home one time and we were missing a Christmas tree during Christmas because I was like, this is a great time to sell this. And so I did. Um, And he's been okay with that. Now, there's a few times that he's like, no, this is my thing. Mm. Like, leave this alone. And there are places that are his thing. Leave this alone. In the garage, it's his space. Mm. I've kind of gone in there and it doesn't usually go well when mm-hmm. we're like trying to do this together because I'm like, oh, let's throw this away. He's like, no, I need this. Okay, that's fine. That's your thing. And so, um, first of all, I think sometimes people can want to go, oh, you have all this mess. Let's go through your stuff. Mm. When have we gone? Have I gone through my stuff mm-hmm. first? So, that's what I've kind of seen some. But even if you've already gone through your stuff and your spouse, doesn't want to get rid of their stuff. It's their stuff. Yeah. So I feel like our harmonious marriage is definitely the most important thing in that situation. (laughs) And then as far as like your kids' things, every kid is different. Um, My son is not attached to things. Um, And then occasionally he'll be attached to something random that I'm surprised he still Mm -hmm. wants to keep. And so I, I help my kids be a part of this process, but I also... My daughter is only six. And so as a mom, it's my responsibility to help her make good decisions. And she is the most sweet and amazing little girl. But when I tell you that she could take this little basket of toys and take it further than you could ever imagine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Jesus with the loaves and fishes. I mean, you're like, wow. Wow. And so a system that we've actually recently adopted is we we pulled everything out of her room into, we have like a little landing area at the top of the stairs and I put all these baskets. I was like, okay, we're going to create categories. What are we going to get rid of? She got rid of probably half of her toys because I mean, huh. things just multiply. People give her stuff. Yes. It's fine. You know, that's fine. And now she keeps one or two baskets of toys in her room at a time mm. and I rotate them out. I have a little storage area behind my closet and I'll just kind of go through and rotate those out for her because she's six. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really have the ability to keep up her room mm-hmm. with all of her things in it. Yeah. And unless I want to clean her room every day, which I don't, then I have to help equip her. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go in and throw all of her prized possessions away. Uh, she's going to help me make decisions on what she wants to keep and what she doesn't because we don't want to, you know, traumatize our family members. Like they do live in this house as well. And there are certain things that we still have that I'm thinking, do we need this anymore? And everyone's like, yes, (laughs) I want to keep this. Please let's keep this. And that's fine. Uh, So be respectful of your family as you would want them to be respectful of you. But I think that always we need to first work on ourselves. And what are my things that I need to, to go through and get rid of? I think that's a really good point. It is easy to start thinking, well, everything is a mess in here because of you and your stuff. (laughs) It's like, well, maybe not. Maybe (laughs) not. (laughs) Are there any other like recurring um, issues that or questions that people people send your way whenever they're talking about these things? Um, The question I get often is, where do I start? Mm. I'm really overwhelmed. I have so much happening. Where do I start? And I understand that if you want to dig in and pull everything out of your kitchen, you may not have an entire day to do that. And if you don't have an entire day, then you probably should not pull everything out of your closet or everything out of your kitchen. First of all, like you said before, don't start with sentimental things. And Mm -hmm. even sometimes our closets can be that place of, well, I remember when I wore this, or maybe I will lose however many pounds and I'll be back into this or maybe this or maybe that. So if that's the way you feel about clothes, don't start with your closet. A kitchen or a bathroom, they're a great place to start to just really go through and is this expired? Uh Do I use this? A good rule of thumb is have I used this in the last six months? Yeah. If you haven't, especially if it's in your kitchen, you should probably let it go. It's yeah. probably not useful to you anymore. Is it broken? It's amazing sometimes. Where, why is this thing here and it doesn't even work? If yeah. you can repair it, great. If not, let it go. And so starting somewhere that is not a sentimental area. Yeah. But then I do get asked about sentimental things a lot. And for me, I kind of created my own little role. I feel that I had some things of my great-grandmother's um, and then I had some things of my grandmother that I actually never got to meet her. My daughter is named after her. So I just feel this connection. And then she's the one that everyone says I looked like. And and so how am I honoring her memory by her things being packaged away in my attic? Hmm. To me, that's really not honoring anyone except for adding to things in my attic. Yeah. And so I unpackaged those things and I have her uh, crystal right here in my kitchen and I try to use it. I do actually use it. And yes, the first time I sat it out, my mom was like, what if one of the kids break it? And I'm like, you know what? Then we have a memory of that time and Mother's Day when my (laughs) kid broke the crystal glass from Grandmother Elsie. So look at those sentimental items of my role is, can I use it now? Is Mm -hmm. there a way I can use it? Or am I certain I'm giving this to my child? Because we did not live in a house for uh, 12 years. 
we were married 12 years when we moved here. Um, I mean, we'd lived in like little apartments and then we were nomads for seven years. And so my mom's like knocking on the door. She's like, here you go. <laughs> like <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting with all this stuff. I'm ready to give it to you. So I was all of a sudden met with all this childhood stuff, which I stuffed it away in the attic. Mm-hmm. And I decided to start going through it. And I really asked myself, are these things that my kids are going to be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that my mom has given me all of this junk that I have to go through? Or are they things that this is a special outfit that Wyatt wore for his baby dedication that yes, one day, hopefully a grandchild will wear it. Mm -hmm. So is it something that you're definitely passing on to your children or passing on to someone else? Or is it something you can use now? and honor their memory in a way that it's displayed somewhere in your house um, or something you can actually use. Yeah. So, But people ask a lot about sentimental things because it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard whenever you've lost someone that you love and you have their things. Yeah. And I think sometimes there are people who, like me, struggle with getting rid of things and they make themselves feel better about it by giving it to someone else. Like you know, my kids will want this or my whatever. And then they just dump it that now that responsibility is on somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so really thinking about like, if I pass this down or if I give this to someone in my family, is it really a gift or is it just a way for me to get it out of my house without feeling guilty about getting rid of it whenever I really don't want it, but I feel bad about getting rid of it. So I'm going to give it to you and let you deal with it, you know? And I I really had to like think about that for myself. And that's a really, really great point because especially if you're going through your home and all that and you decide you've got three trash bags of kids' clothes, when you give them to that friend, I want you to say the words, these are yours. Mm -hmm. If you want to burn them all, that's fine. If you want your child to wear them all, that's fine. Like release that person Mm -hmm. because I always ask people, when Elsie was born, I had several people gave me clothes. I'm like, what do you want? with these. And if they wanted them back, I was like really cautious about Uh her wearing them and I kept them separate and all of that. Um, Because we, we can be overwhelmed with good stuff too. Yeah. I mean, just because we're overwhelmed doesn't mean it's all this bad stuff. It can be a lot of great blessings of I have four trash bags of clothes that if my child wore a different thing every single Sunday, they probably still wouldn't wear all of these clothes. And so release those people you give stuff to. Hey, these are things I'm getting rid of. If you want them, great. If you don't, feel free to donate them. Pass them Mm -hmm. on to someone else. Don't burden them with your feeling of hanging Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So we've talked a little bit about this already, but this is a very practical very practical thing to talk about uh, the stuff in our houses. How is this impacting the kingdom? How How is focusing on this or not focusing on this impacting how we can impact the kingdom? I truly believe and know that it it has a huge impact on the kingdom because we are doing the kingdom work, right? Mm-hmm. And so if it's impacting me, then it's impacting the kingdom. Uh, for our home, are you comfortable with welcoming people into your home to have some people over for dinner so you can have fellowship with people in the church or to bring somebody in for a Bible study? I've heard people say, well, I just have to get my home in order. I just have to. Mm. And I understand that. I My carpet is, I think our house is 16 years old and my carpet is that old. 
and I have had it professionally cleaned. I have bought the little thing and like cleaned the places over and over again. There, there are parts of my house where I just have to be like, okay, this is what it is. <laughs> so we all have things we have to look over. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying your house needs to be perfect. Absolutely not. People need to know that you live there. But if that is holding you back mm-hmm. from fellowship or from having a Bible study or hosting the ladies small group, then really evaluate, reevaluate that. Think about that, that Mm -hmm. this stuff is holding me back from being useful in the kingdom. And it's the same thing with our schedules. Mm -hmm. If we are so busy that we have no room to really have a great impact in our local church, I, I can't do that because I'm busy every night of the week, or I can't make that commitment then that is affecting the kingdom. And so yeah. when we simplify our life, when we add margin, there's a reason that I chose that word, because <laughs> if we have that room, then okay, this unexpected thing, which is going to happen, if, it, if it's an unexpected need, it's unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's come up. I need to do this. I have created the room to do this. Yeah. And so now I can make an impact in the kingdom. I can make a difference in this single mom's life who all of a sudden is really sick and I'm going to pick up her kids or I'm going to bring her dinner without it just wrecking my world yeah. because I have simplified my own life. Yeah. Yeah, it increases our capacity. Yeah. I mean, I heard you say earlier, like you had less on your plate and you were more overwhelmed. But it seems to me that when you take away the overwhelm, then you can see yeah. and you can breathe and you can take on more. Right. And so if we're feeling limited in our abilities to do something for the kingdom, we want to, but we can't, we feel like we can't. We I don't know that we all always look towards the practical. We tend to look towards the spiritual, like, mm-hmm. oh, I just need, there's something wrong with me. There's, you know, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not. And those are all things that we should be doing. But sometimes it's your physical reality that is impacting how much you can handle mm-hmm. mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, and our stuff makes a big difference in that, even though we don't always recognize it. Once you do recognize it, like you said, and you start to take care of it, then you really realize how much of an impact it was having yeah, and how much freer you can feel mm-hmm. to then be used the way that God wants to use you. So I appreciate so much the work that you're doing to help Thank us, you. to help us get there because it's, it's so important and it's really yeah. so impactful. And there still still will be days of overwhelm. Um, of course. Like I talked to you earlier, I had an unexpected sickness for like two weeks, which is so not normal for me. I'm extremely grateful for my health. And so on Monday, when I, Sunday night, actually, I was looking at my to-do list and some of the things that had just not happened. I felt the kind of overwhelm all of a sudden, like, oh, this is a lot. How am I going to get yeah. this done? And I'm not feeling 100%. And that's when I look to the tools that I have to mm-hmm. do the brain dump. Okay, what is the most important? And so it's not like we're going to get rid of a lot of our stuff and then all of a sudden life is perfect and we never feel a moment of stress or overwhelm. But we just have developed ways to manage those so mm-hmm. much better whenever we don't have all of the other things hanging over us. Yeah. So good. Well, we might not 
even be able to get into this as much as I'm sure you can talk about it because I know you love to talk about your planner, but I want to hear a little bit about your planner and also just about any other tools that you have found to be helpful, not systems that have been made making things more overwhelming, <laughs> but things that you found that have been helpful, especially I know you I know you love your full focus planner and I really would mm-hmm. love to hear about it. Absolutely. So I do love the full focus planner and it is interesting uh, on Instagram, even when that just had a few followers, people will send you stuff and say, Hey, would you promote this or, and I've been very, very cautious about that. But I am actually an affiliate with this company because I truly believe in it. My husband actually started using it about a year before I did. And I am very frugal. And so I was like, (laughs) Oh, no, I'm gonna use my $10 Amazon planner. And then I read his book, Free to Focus, Michael Hyatt's book. And it just has so many wonderful tools that I realized I want to invest in this planner and it will make a difference. I do have a code that will give you 10% off if you're interested in sharing that in your show notes. Yes, for sure. Um, But I really do truly believe in this planner. And it's not just because it's a planner, but it is the, if you will implement the, uh, the systems that it has. So it asks you to create a daily big three. And sometimes we can think, oh, they must be like three giant projects. But one of those (laughs) things might just be that phone call. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you. I dread making phone calls. I don't know what the deal is. Maybe it's our generation. Like, can we text everyone (laughs) forever, please? (laughs) So just making that phone call or going online and booking that thing. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. But what is the most important thing that you need to get done today? Those three things. So it really makes you break those things down. And for me, it does have like a little defer arrow that you can use of, Mm. okay, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I hate the defer arrow. That's my personality. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) I am getting this done today. So I've really worked to realize what is the reality of what I can get done today. Mm -hmm. What are the things? Because there are so many things that are not on our planner. Both of my kids are in an online school and there are days that school will go so well and then days that it does not. And so just be realistic about things you can get done. So utilizing those practical things that are in the planner, it's a really big deal to me. And, and it's the habit of looking at the planner. I look at my planner throughout the day. Every day it's, it's sitting right here, actually. And so I'm having that habit of looking at it. And so the things that I write down, they're going to get done mm-hmm. because I've made that habit of looking at the planner. And then there are other habits that uh, I know have made a big impact with me, you and I have talked about this before, the evening routine mm-hmm. of preparing my night for the next day, mm. preparing the next day, starting in that evening. One of the things with, with clutter is, do you want to wake up the next morning and come down the stairs or come out of your room and be welcomed with last night's dishes? Mm. I mean, we've all been there. I sure have. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible thing. Like, it's a yeah. terrible way to wake up in the morning. <laughs> And you're trying to drink your coffee and have a quiet time with the Lord while you're looking at dishes <laughs> and maybe even smelling the dinner from the night before. It's a terrible way to start yes. the next day. So my favorite routine is probably my my evening routine of preparing clothes, food, um, looking at the weather, looking at what I have the next day at my planner, and we do our nightly pickup, and it's a family thing. And my husband knows it's really important to me. And so he'll be like, all right, kids, let's do this. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to pick everything up and tidy that up. So creating those routines in your life that they don't take a lot of time. 
I have a weekend routine, things I do to set my week up. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it makes a huge impact. And the more that we do those little simple things, those little simple habits, it's easier. They just become natural and easier. And there are definitely some habits I am really working on that are maybe not working on so, (laughs) so much that I should be working on. It's not like I have like, you know, my whole life is perfectly disciplined, but the more we work on disciplines, it's minimalism, the being intentional will bleed into the rest of our life. And it's Uh the same thing with discipline. When we say, this is something I'm going to work on doing every day. I'm going to create a plan for my day. Yeah. I'm going to, what is the, what are the th- most important things as we create those disciplines, they are going to bleed over into the rest of our life. Yeah. It's it's just going to happen. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I'm, it, it's so funny to me or not funny, but just telling to me when I look back through my, the planner that I use, it's a daily or a weekly planner. So it has a, um, it has a, a column for every day and I can see weeks where I was like writing things down and checking things off. And then I can see weeks where it's like almost blank. And I know that during those weeks, there was, it wasn't that nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was not that my life was just at a standstill and I was just on vacation. (laughs) It was that I was so overwhelmed that all I was doing was reacting to whatever was right in front of me and probably forgetting something really important. And so it's, it's made a big difference for me to know like, yes, to sit down and make lists, think about what I need to get done. Um, and like you said, check back with it every day. I'm very interested in the, in the full focus planner. I'm going to, I'm going to have to check out that book and then, and then see about for myself and my husband, both We're both, we were talking today about how many different things we have going on and, Mm -hmm. um, how hard it is to know, like, what are we doing moment to moment? And so I think it really could be helpful for us. So we're going to check it out. We're going to check out your code. (laughs) Well, and a Google calendar, which I mean, you can use whatever, but we use Google calendar sharing that between myself and my husband. That is a huge tool to, for this podcast today. I put it in my calendar and then I added him to it to remind him. Yes. (laughs) Sure. old is all yours (laughs) during this time. We started doing that. Um, a year or two ago. And I had always been really resistant to using uh, an online calendar because I had had experience in the past with forgetting things. If I didn't write it down, it would not stick in my brain. But we got to the point where things were just, it was just too much. And I had freelance work. And so I was working at different random times. And and so we, we started sharing a calendar and it really has helped to even times where, where I don't always appreciate it, but where he will say, Hey, you remember you have such and such. And sometimes I'm like, yes, I know. And so other times I'm like, Oh, I forgot. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you could see it. Cause I completely <laughs> forgot about it. So, um, it's, it's good. It's a good thing to do. Well, we are out of time, sadly, but I would love to hear, um, a good question that you're asking yourself lately. So I've been really thinking for the last several years about priorities and I've been asking myself lately, does this line up with my values and with mm-hmm. my priorities? Because many times we will think this thing doesn't seem as important in the moment. It seems like this other thing that's involving work or maybe even something I have with the church that's super important. But when I stop and really sit down and write out my priorities, which I've 
do on a fairly regular basis, it causes me to realize um, taking this time with my 16-year-old, like that actually is the most important thing right now. Mm. Or carving out date night, which we are horrible at. We've got to get better about that. You know, it is when you have small kids. Uh, Those things, when I stop and really look at what I want my life to be like, what Mm -hmm. I, my values are and my priorities are, does this line up with that? And if not, why am I doing it? Yeah. Mm. It's a good, a good gut check, especially when you talk about things with our kids there are things that can be put off and then there are things that just are not going to wait. Yeah. And them growing and changing is not going to, is not going to wait for me to get my stuff together. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, making sure I'm putting my priorities in the right spot. It's a good one. Well, I realized that we jumped right into this conversation and I never mentioned the name of your blog or the name of your Instagram handle. So go ahead and tell folks where they can find you if they want to come follow along Um, with all of the great things that you have going on. I have a website where my blog is at. It's www.thegoodnessmargin.com. And with each of the blog posts, you can also click a link there for my YouTube videos that are attached to those blogs. Or you can go to YouTube and just find it there. Uh, I'm very active on Instagram through stories and posts. And I do have a Facebook account, but I don't think I've really figured that out (laughs) completely yet. But you can find me at all of those places. That's amazing. And one thing I wanted to mention that I did not realize you offered until I was just clicking around on your website um, earlier this week is that you offer coaching for Mm -hmm. people um, who want to try to get started. Can you say just a, a second about that? Yes, I started coaching. And at the beginning, it was help me look at my pantry and what can I help you with? And especially when we we're all in shutdown and you couldn't go anywhere physically. But then I started doing productivity coaching, mm. sort of helping people evaluate those things. And I love that so much. I've truly enjoyed that. So you can look on there and see the different things that I offer, but I would love to walk you through, help you find what your priorities are and how that you can focus on those things more and be more productive. That's amazing. Well, you guys that are listening and watching us, um, I hope you'll go follow Shelly. Like I've mentioned already, I'm a huge fan, have been really, really blessed and impacted by the work she is doing. Um, and I know you will be too. So go give her a follow. Thank you, Shelly, so, so much for joining us. Oh, on thank question. you. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Wasn't that such a relatable conversation? All of Shelly's content at The Goodness Margin has felt to me like a friend giving such practical and encouraging advice. And I'm so happy that chatting with her felt exactly the same way. I hope if you were encouraged by this conversation that you'll go check out her Instagram and her YouTube account and subscribe to her blog. She sends very short, practical emails that are encouraging and don't overwhelm your inbox. If you're looking to get started on decluttering or starting your own great purge, she offers step-by-step decluttering challenges that give you one small space at a time to focus on. I know they'd be a great place to start. And I know I would love to have her as a productivity coach. If you need a little boost in that department, go to her website and check out the options she has available. Links for all of that, plus her affiliate link for the Full Focus Planner will be in the show notes. 
I have a feeling this is one you're going to want to share with your friends. And I hope you'll also come chat with us about it. You can find the show on Instagram. We're at good question show. And I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also find us on Facebook or you can send us an email to goodquestionshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media. It's produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup, my co-producer, editor, and the man who is keeping a watchful eye on everything I bring into our new apartment to keep me from relapsing into maximalism is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.